my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I'm sending you all so much love today on this beautiful, beautiful Tuesday that I'm recording this, uh, and I hope that it is amazing wherever you are and that you're doing well and that you're choosing love, you're choosing joy and separating away from people who drain you and pouring into and being bold and courageous, moving towards the people who want to love you, who are there for you, who want to hear you and hold space for you because you deserve it. So today's episode, today's episode is one that was previously recorded and I was going to share it later this year, but I decided I'm going to share it now. I'm going to share it now because I've been talking a lot about uh, me transitioning out of coaching my group coaching program live, (laughs) coaching my group coaching program, um, the recovery school. And one of the things, uh, it it just felt like it was time at at our retreat. I know (laughs) a few of the ladies were like, I know that you're tired, but you need to keep going. I'm not tired. I just feel like it is time to, to change, to evolve to move forward in a different way. So that has been the the basis of this transition. And so as I've known that it has been time for me to no longer coach this program life, but still knowing that I was going to be in front of you, I've allowed myself the space to to figure out what is this going to look like and what is the way that I want to show up for all of you and what is the way that I want to be your coach. And also the fact that I want to transition into people who listen to this podcast episode, that I'm not just someone that you learn from, someone you consider a mentor from afar, but that you can even consider me to be one of your coaches um, for this area of your life, even if we never truly exchange words. That is the direction that I wanted to go. So I have multiple ideas and things that I plan to implement, but this one I'm moving up because I got a text from a former client who was like, hey, what's going on with the one-on-one coaching? And then a text community, someone was like, hey, I know you're transitioning. I hope you do the one-on-one coaching. And then elsewhere, what's going on with the one-on-one coaching? And even though I haven't specifically said that, I've been getting an influx of people asking. So one of the things that I plan to transition into is to start coaching y'all live. This was one of the key components of the recovery school and then learn to thrive before that. And during the point in time, it was called from addicted and avoidant to available. The group coaching and women being able to be in the room and learn from each other live and hear me coach somebody else through it and they could hear their story within it and get so much more and to normalize what you're going through, to take what you need and leave the rest. And also for women to be in a space of love, of support and care with other women. That for me 
right up there with the most transformative components of the program. And it's the part that even though I knew it was time for me to leave doing that, it was the part that I felt like I needed to preserve in some way. So I'm going to start coaching y'all live. Today's episode, I'm going to be sharing a coaching session um, from one of my students. Um, And she signed up for this. Like, this is not like, hey, meet with me and I'm going to share all your stuff. This was predetermined by her and or pre-agreed to by her. And you're going to hear me support her in a question around her relationship and being able to stay present and not lose herself. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So whenever I'm coaching someone, I want to say this before we get started. Whenever I'm coaching someone, especially because I know there are people who listen to this podcast who are also healers, um, whether or not you're a therapist, a counselor, a coach yourself, um, you work in mindset, you're a Reiki teacher, or maybe you're just the, the counselor and the healer of your community. You're someone who has a lot of wisdom. You are this person that people come to um, for advice and support. You are... No doubtedly, you're going to listen and have your own thoughts and opinions on what um, what could be said or should be said, especially if you're the type of person who, um, when someone asks you a question, you tell them what you think they need to hear and not what they're asking you. I have a policy because change and growth is hard. And the thing that you need more than anything, well, you need two things. You need someone to, to hear you and to validate you and to meet you where you are. And you do also need someone to tell you the truth. So I have a personal policy where whenever I'm coaching someone, I always ask, what is it that you specifically need from me? Because I'm always going to have lots of thoughts. I'm always going to have lots of things that I see that I think, okay, this would be a good direction to go. And this is what I think is happening. But if that's not what you're asking me for, aka, if that's not what you're ready to hear, then I'm not going to say it. And it's because I have faith in two things. I have faith that if I make you feel safe and seen and heard and truly valued in that moment, that's going to help you build trust in the process and also trust in yourself to help you feel empowered, especially if you've been feeling disempowered or judged by other people around you. And the second thing is I have trust that whatever feedback and advice that you give, that I give, if if it doesn't work out, <laughs> especially if it especially if it is a situation where I'm not able to weave in enough awareness around red flags that I see, I always, you know, I'm not gonna if someone's telling me, Hey, I wanna jump off a bridge, I'm not gonna be like, Oh, well, that's pretty high, but go ahead. Like I'm not gonna let you go into danger. Because you felt you felt empowered and you had the agency to make the decision on your own versus you're doing something because I told you to do it. That's why a lot of times the changes we make, we're doing something because our best friend or a therapist or a pastor or someone else gave us what might be really, really great advice. It might be the perfect advice, but because our heart wasn't fully committed to it, it doesn't pan out. It doesn't work. We we all have to walk our own paths. And some of us those paths are a little bit bumpy than others, but that's okay. Because as long as we stay on that path, we'll get to the other side. But if I equip you with that safety and it doesn't work out, 
then you are more willing, it's more likely that you're going to come back and you're going to be more open to talk about what happened. You, you'll be more receptive to looking at, okay, this is what I missed and this is what I need to look at and this is what I need to change, right? And I just believe in the strength and I just believe in the value of every single woman that comes in my energy and comes in my space. And that's what I'm going to speak to. I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to speak to that part of you that deserves that respect, that deserves that trust, that deserves that that honor, um, because I know she's there. And you might know that you might not know that she's there and you might not know how to trust her. But I'll hold that trust for for both of us until until you're able to claim her for your own. So that is my disclaimer. And that is, again, for people who may want to work together, or even other healers who may at different points in today's call um, or even future calls be screaming at the screen or screaming at the phone. <laughs> it's OK. <laughs> I promise it's, it's all OK. So. I'm saying this not specifically for this session, but because this is something I I plan to do going forward, I want to just set the stage for that, that I'm always going to meet you. If you decide to join me on the podcast or join me on YouTube and the other places that I'm going to be coaching people live, which I'll share at the end of this episode, if you decide to join me there, that is the energy and that is the value I'm going to come from. What is it that you need? What is it that you are actually wanting right now? Because I don't want anyone to feel shamed. I don't want anyone to feel judged. I don't want to feel... Want, because you, we get enough of that from from people who mean well, and they really, really want the best for us. But in their quest to have the best for us, they end up making us feel demoralized, <laughs> making us feel foolish, making us feel insecure, weak, and... This this podcast is about helping you feel healed and whole and loved. And so today's podcast guest is joining us for, like I said, and she's entering a new relationship. She has a history of losing herself in previous relationships, and uh, she wants to know how to be grounded. So you're going to hear me. Uh, this is our first time meeting and talking about this. So you're going to hear me ask a lot of questions and get a lot of background support before we launch into the next steps that I have for her. So I hope that you find this helpful, um, whether or not this is your situation, if it was a situation you've had in the past, or is you get to store it for something that may come up for you in the future, or if it's something that your friend needs to hear. And yeah, I'll be back at the end to talk about it and also tell you how you can join me next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to chat um, about what you want to talk about. So here's here's a little rundown of how I do coaching calls. Um, if if we know ahead of time what we're going to talk about, um, especially if it's written down, I always give the option for me to read it or for you to say it in your own words. But even with that, by the time um, you're done recapping it or I'm done reading it, I always need to know what is it that I can do to best support you. I'm always going to have thoughts for feedback. But sometimes people want something different than what I might think you're you're asking for. And so the options of that are validation. So I just need to say it. I just need to get it out um, um, or just read a whole space for it or feedback and advice. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that today is going to be feedback and advice. Mm-hmm. But even with that, 
my ask is that the question is a little bit more specific versus general. So um, if someone were to ask me, so how do I be happy? That's a very big question. And so I might ask you to tell me when's the last time you felt not happy? What was the situation that triggered you to feel unhappy? And then I coach mm -hmm. you through that. Um, so, but we'll figure out our way through that. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. So um, you did submit something. Um, would you like me to read it or would you like to tell me in your own words um, how I can help you today? Um, I can try to tell you in my own words, I guess. Um, so I know you had kind of reached out about like our concerns and I know like a lot of your um, teachings are helping like love avoiding to love available. So for mm -hmm. me, um, having previously been like sexually abused by my father, pretty much just a history of like men failing, I guess, and then going through a marriage for almost a decade and that ending in divorce and trying to like re-navigate like what dating looks like, um, being more aware of like the things that I need and want, I find um, just that space very difficult. Um, so like through your podcast, I've tried to identify like some of my love avoidant tendencies, but I think now that I'm in what seems to be like a healthy relationship and it's still kind of early, my concern is being like, I guess, losing myself and being too dependent on that relationship. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's your concern. What is, how can I best support you with what you're sharing? Um, honestly, I probably need a lot of feedback and direction because mm -hmm. I, it is new space for me. Um, mm -hmm. and it's not always comfortable or easy for me to navigate vulnerability and being open with people and not running away when things don't always look exactly the way that I have hoped or planned or thought out yeah. in my head. Yeah. How long have you been with your partner? Um, almost two months. Okay. How'd y'all meet? Um, internet dating. So oh, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he also. just enough distance where it makes it easier for me. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, so it, he's not in the same city. No. Okay. But you said it's close enough to where it's, it's not necessarily long distance. Yeah. We stay about an hour, hour and a half with traffic away. So it's okay. not too terrible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. You know, living in Houston, I understand that everything is an hour away from each other. Yeah. Um, so you say you're concerned with losing yourself. Just has that already started to happen or do you see it starting to happen? Um, I think for me, it's I'm feeling like I'm losing balance. I'm showing up for myself. Um, I think with the distance, a lot of times and our schedules are kind of opposite like I find myself like on the phone with him a lot like um I don't know not showing up for like just things that I like to do like whether it's listening to podcasts or finding time for reading or relaxation like because I'm trying to navigate that and balance my own life and parenting so it's like I want to give each thing its proper time and space but I almost feel obligated and I haven't brought it up to him because I don't know I just I feel it's my responsibility to first figure out and before I yeah. discuss. So wait, are y'all official or are y'all still just talking? We're official. You're official. So mm -hmm. y'all have been together for two months. So y'all been official for two months or y'all met two months and y'all became official within that time period? Um, we met probably beginning of August and became official 
like mid-August. Okay. Um, how often do y'all talk? Every day. Every day? Okay. How much do you want to talk with them? Well, obviously you Mine's want to because you like day. them. But... <laughs> huh? Well, obviously you like them, so you enjoy talking <laughs> to them, but ideally yeah. when it comes to your schedule. I don't mind it? talking every day. I think it's the duration of time every day. Okay, what's the duration? Um, I don't know, hours. It seems sometimes like most of my day. And I work from home, so I do have the flexibility. So sometimes it's like good because I'm home by myself, you know, to have like someone to talk to while I'm doing what I need to do. And other times mm -hmm. it's just like, just need a moment. Yeah, what does he do? Um, he works at the steel mill. Right now he's out for medical, but he normally mm -hmm. works um, either 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., or 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. So. Okay. Um, and how old are your little ones? I have a 17-year-old, so she's pretty self-sufficient. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm asking because it started off with, I'm afraid of um, making myself available. And now it sounds like you feel like you're making yourself too available. Is that mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, what are the things that you like about them? Um, I like that I am at peace when I'm around him. He has a really peaceful spirit. Um, mm -hmm. He's very understanding. He, I kind of like the more traditional, I guess you could say style man who doesn't fear like being a leader, being a provider, doing those things um, that can be considered like pretty old school. Um, so I like those attributes. He's a good father. Um, yeah, like how many kids does he have? Two. Two. They live with him or with their mom? With their mom. Okay. How do you know that he's a good provider? Which what shows you that? Um, what shows me that is he has his own place. He, you know, visits and takes care of his daughter every other weekend. Even stuff that I have going on, he desires or tries to find ways to help, makes himself available to assist. Um so for example, what has uh, he done? For example, um, like I needed some trees cut in my backyard. He was willing to do that. Like I, I don't know, he'll show up and just cook and, you know, take care of the groceries, you know, stuff like that. Just like, it's not necessarily big things right now. Or like I talked about locking my hair um, in a couple of weeks and um, we were making our appointments together because he has locks. So um I was like, oh, I want to go this day because I know I have the money that day. I don't want to go, you know, too soon. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. I was going to take care of that for you. Like, so just mm -hmm. small things where he shows up basically in that way to let me know that he's willing to support in those areas. Okay. Well, go ahead. New boyfriend. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> good. Okay. So, so you want to know how to find balance with him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I'm asking all these questions because I don't know the nature of the relationship with your ex-husband. So actually, let me ask you this, because it's important to see the patterns and what is being repeated. So with your ex-husband, was that, was he also a provider, but just other things didn't work out or was it completely different? Completely different. Okay. Um, he wasn't a provider. Um, he usually had a challenge on maintaining a job and maintaining employment so a lot of the stress of the finances fell on me mm -hmm. um 
I think just the emotional availableness was different. Um, like, he just wasn't present, really, like, in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. So. Yeah, physically and emotionally. Mm -hmm. And this guy is emotionally present? Yeah. Okay. When y'all are talking for hours, what are y'all talking about? Um, anything throughout the day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it could be work related. It could be something in relation to the kids. It can be, you know, making sure that I've eaten or, you know, done something to take care of myself for the day. Um, yeah. upcoming plans that we have, like stuff like that. Um, future goals that we have if we, you know, if we were to stay together long-term, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So the struggle I'm having, and the reason why I keep asking questions is because I'm trying to get a feel of if you know what balance looks like for you, for you to return back to it. If you don't know what it looks like for you to be in a balanced, neutral state, um, it's going to be like a moving target. Um, mm -hmm. And anything I tell you, if it doesn't fit what you want, it might feel like it's too much or it might feel like it's not enough, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so before you met him, did you feel like you had a schedule, a system, a routine that you were prioritized, your self-care, your self-love, your friendships, your relationships that they were prioritized or were you still trying to figure it out? Um, I think I was starting to figure it out. I was, so I think in the midst of it all too, like right around the time we started talking, I picked up a second job. So I think it's just a lot of moving pieces. But before I was like waking up every morning, working out um, before work, I normally start work at 10 a.m. So I was finding time to work out, you know, take my shower, you know, maybe listen to a podcast during my shower, um, mm -hmm. do reading throughout the day, um, usually like on a lunch or a break or something or before bed, um, just mm -hmm. different things like that. So I, I don't know if pretty much that schedule I feel like it was to keep my mind off of the need to be in a relationship or the need to chase something that wasn't there yet um and then you know as time permits with my schedule trying to go out with my girlfriends at least you know once a month or so um yeah stuff like that and find time like you know daughter mommy daughter time with my daughter and you know mm -hmm. check in to make sure that she has the things that she needs and desires but okay yeah. So it wasn't really fulfilling is what I'm hearing. It was more of a distraction. You were busy, but it was more distraction than- I think so. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think it was more okay. of a distraction. Okay. Okay. Well, then it it would be really easy to lose yourself in this relationship if you didn't have that joy and pleasure before he came around and now he's mm -hmm. giving you that joy and pleasure. It makes sense why it's so easy for you to lose yourself in that relationship. Mm -hmm. So here's here's what I would tell you to do, and you tell me whether or not it would work and how we need to walk it back if not, okay? So it sounds like it would be best for you to pull back a lot for you to figure out what is it that actually brings you joy and pleasure throughout the day and for you to have some hobbies and for you some things that are uniquely versus um, um, kind of biding time through my nine to five, waiting for the clock to go, waiting for his time for us to have a date or until he comes back in town. And that's my hobbies. That's my pleasure. That's my joy. Because when it comes to love addiction, I know you mentioned love avoidance, but when it comes to love addiction, the reason we stay attached to people is because they provide access to things that we don't know how to give ourselves. So not only do we miss their energy and who they are, we miss this hole in our life that we 
we've been waiting for it to be filled. And so um, you're in danger of and the global you, you know, but just we we can be in danger when we are over dependent in that way on someone. Mm -hmm. um, because if there are red flags, if there are things that we need to look out for, we're not going to see it or it's going to be that e that much easier for us to minimize it. And with you, you know, this is a new relationship, but we don't know if he's someone. He could be someone that is a long-term partner, or he could be a really amazing partner for this season right now, but it, y'all might grow apart, but it's going to be harder for you to see that with eyes open. Um if there's a part of you that's lacking and not being nourished. Okay, let me pause right there. What are your thoughts about what I'm saying so far? Um, I think it makes sense. I think um, my concern would be a drastic swing in our communication levels may send the wrong message to him. Right. Because right. of, you know, his past trauma or issues with relationships or things like that. Okay, yes, that makes, yes. Okay, we're going to talk about that. Let me say something real quick about avoidance um, and how this, even though I was talking about love addiction, this is connected to avoidance. So remember, love addiction and love avoidance are on a spectrum. Mm -hmm. People are like, well, can I, uh, am I a love addict or love avoidant? And I feel like I could be both. They're both the same. Depending on who we're around, we'll go in between the two until we find out, learn how to be here in the middle. Mm -hmm. So Love avoidance happens when, or love addiction happens when we find someone who's feeling these things inside of us that we don't really know how to give to ourselves, right? And we become overattached to that. The extreme of that love avoidance is kind of like what you've been doing a little bit, um, but more with yourself. So kind of like, I'm going to go through the things I have to do, the things that I have to do to stay functioning, to keep the house open, but the things that actually, um, again, the P word, pleasure, the things that bring me pleasure, um, you're not really actively engaged in that and not necessarily necessary because you don't want to, but maybe you've never known how to. Maybe you've always had to keep the lights on. You've always had to be in charge of things. So like finding all these hobbies and things to do, they've been like nice to haves, but um, you don't really, you haven't learned how to prioritize it. Um, and so that can lead you into being in avoiding relationships with yourself or you find a really nice person that doesn't, that doesn't do all the things that maybe this guy does, but y'all could still, if, if you were able to find your own pleasurable activities, y'all could, y'all could match. Okay. I just wanted to say that even though that doesn't quite apply for right now, just for the future. Mm -hmm. So you said he has trauma with previous relationships. Um, what, what's some of that trauma that he's mentioned to you? Um, he's been engaged twice. I think he's lived with both of his previous partners and, of course, he didn't get married. So I think for him, um, just the concern of like things may fail or, um, you know, if he finds something good, he has to hold on tight to it sort of thing. Um, okay. Just stuff like that. How old is he? 42. Okay. And he's been engaged twice. How long ago were these engagements? Ooh, I don't remember. I think... A couple years ago. I don't know the exact timeline. I'm pretty sure we've talked about it, but I don't recall. Exactly. Okay. But they were in his adult years, not like mm -hmm. high school out of straight out of high school as, as an adult. Yeah. Do you remember? I have I would guesstimate I'm mean, his youngest is 10. And I wanna say she was probably about six or seven. So it's been a couple years. So yeah. Okay. 
How long was he with that woman? I don't recall those details. Okay. Like I said, okay. I know we talked about it because I've asked all those questions and I've yeah. you know asked the reasons why they failed or why he feels it didn't work. Um, what does he say? Um, what does he say for number one and what, and then what does he say for number two? Number one I was his daughter's mom. So I think at that stage, they were just both young and didn't kind of work out sort of deal. Um, I think for number two, the one that's more recent, um, I think he pretty, from what he shares, um, she went through like, I think she lost a parent. She went through like a depressive state and he wasn't sure how to show up for her and basically their relationship kind of suffered because of it. And he felt like he was showing up too much. So like, um, I don't know, just he claims that they went to um, counseling through their church and the pastor was just like, you know, you're doing too much based off of, you know, you guys being in this stage. And if she can't pretty much manage some of that mental health herself, it's not going to to work but he felt like he was showing up too much like financially like paying bills hey we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors hey we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. And taking care of things, and she was pretty much just not growing or changing with him or trying to partner with him with some of, the, I guess, their goals and stuff. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. 
With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Okay. What are some things that he's told you are things that he's done wrong or he should have done better in relationships? Um, communication wise, he gets defensive or shuts down or he doesn't always, um, I guess show that things bother him or concern, like, you know, when a woman's talking to you or if something's bothering, she wants to know that, you know, you, you care or you're concerned. So, um, he's like, you know, sometimes when I communicate, like I don't always express myself the correct way or know, um, you know, how to convey sometimes that I care because he ha- he has such a nonchalant, sometimes chill attitude that he's like a lot doesn't get to me. And like, while I can listen or while I may be concerned, it does, it may not always look that way when I'm communicating to someone. Okay. Have you seen some of that already in yeah. this relationship? Mm-hmm. Can, can you tell me an example? <laughs> um, An example, my daughter recently went to homecoming and it was like a very hectic, like she basically was running behind schedule. It was a very hectic like evening. Um, and then later she came home. They did like an overnight sleepover at like a hotel with some of her friends. So she came home, packed a bag. And I was out watching for the car to not get towed because they're really particular around my neighborhood. Um, and she took longer than I anticipated. So by the time I came upstairs, um, he was basically agitated. Like I think just the entire day had kind of got to him seeing like from the outside in, what appeared to him to be like um, lack of consideration for me and things that we had planned that same evening um, and her just not being considerate of time or what have you. So just when uh, us talking through it, it's like he doesn't have a a problem talking through things. He doesn't have a problem expressing how he feels, but at some point, if he, for some reason, doesn't feel hurt, I've seen that shutdown moment Mm -hmm. where it's like, for a moment, he just won't engage, like, mm-hmm. and that for me can somewhat be triggering because it reminds me of my ex-husband. So it's like, I don't need you to shut down. Like, I'm a person that if we are going to talk through it. Let's talk through it. Like, let's, let's deal with it on the table. And then, you know, you can be done, but if you shut down, then you kind of have to start all over. Yeah. It's just pointless. So when he shut down, you were the one kind of pulling it out of him? When he shut down, um, he kind of took a moment. um, He asked if I needed him in that moment to leave because I think the day had kind of got to me like I was running off of fumes. Basically, I had worked my other job. Um, So I just think like emotions and sleepiness had kind of gotten the best of both of us. and the whole leaving thing really triggered me. So I think once he realized that that bothered me, he kind of reengaged. And I was, you know, because I was like, the last thing I want someone to do, especially if we're having a difficult moment, is ask me if they want to leave. Like, I was like, you know, I've explained a lot of those things to you on, you know, like how that impacts me. So like, don't like, 
if I want you to leave, I'm going to tell you, but I don't need you to, you know, offer that up because that's just very triggering to me. Like mm-hmm. that abandonment, like I don't do well with that. Right. Right. And so he reengaged how? He reengaged. We finished talking about it. Um, he shared his perspective. We were able to pretty much iron it out. And I was just able to give him some insight, like on just kind of how my daughter ticks, like understanding his perspective, like his whole issue was like, of course, he doesn't want to overstep with her because we're new. Um, but he didn't really enjoy seeing like me stressed out or seeing, you know, just he's like, I don't want to see you in that state. And I just felt it could have been handled differently. And um, there were some moments during the day where he was like, you know, I felt your communication could have been better. And, you know, I didn't really know a lot of what was going on. So we were able to work it out. It wasn't I don't think it was as big as it was. I really just think I was, I was tired mm-hmm. and sensitive and he was probably, you know, over the day basically. Yeah. What did he want you to do differently? Um, Just basically communicate. Like sometimes he, um, there was a point where my daughter was locked out of her car. So we were grabbing something to eat close to the house and I had to run back to let her in her car. And I thought he heard me say like, Hey, I'm about to go, you know, let her in her car. She's locked out. Unbeknownst to me until I got back, he didn't hear what, he didn't really understand what I said. He's like, I heard you get on the phone. I heard you walk out and say, you'll be right back. But I didn't really know what was going on. So he was like, in that moment, it was like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know if there's something I can do to help. Like, I'm like, he was like, I kind of felt like you kind of just up and left and it didn't matter how I felt about it, you know, stuff like that. So, um, okay. Okay. So when you say that you are, um, that the pullback you're concerned about how that's going to trigger him and his relationships. What is it that you, what is it that that triggers in you that you want to do instead? What do you mean? So, like, because I'm afraid it triggers him, what does it trigger me to do or want to do? Yeah, I'm trying to think about how I want to ask this. Because we're, my suggestion was a pullback um, mm-hmm. so that you could start to focus and, and get your your stuff together. Um, and, you're, and you said, well, I'm, I'm afraid of what that might mean to him because of how his past relationships have been and his abandonment issues. And I don't want him to feel abandoned by me. Mm-hmm. So does that make you not want to pull back or do something differently? I don't think I'm afraid to necessarily pull back. I think being able to explain the reasoning and like what would I be doing instead or what, you know, like what would change all of a sudden that I would do that. So like, I guess being able to make it make sense to him um, without it coming across as me no longer being in like being interested in relationship or like me, you know, as they say, like switching up on him or, you know, just stuff like that. Like, right. I don't want right, to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, that's, that's easy to communicate and I can help you with that right now, but I just want to make sure before we do that, does it make sense to you? Is yeah, it, it makes sense to me. Yeah. I just don't know how I would feel that space. Like I do feel that like working out, going on walks and doing those things brought me joy but I also feel like in a way that they also were a distraction. So, mm-hmm. yeah. How much quiet time do you spend by yourself? Meditating, journaling, sitting Not in enough. silence. Okay. Not <laughs> enough. What, what's the frequency yeah. of it? 
frequency it's, it's, it's is very mm -hmm. random. Um, yesterday, I was able to get some of that time in, and I think the total amount of time was like a couple of hours, like total. And what did you do in those couple of hours? Um, I did some journaling. I did some reading. Um, I took a hot bath and just listened to music. Um, mm -hmm. And then I think before then, I finished like a podcast I was listening to earlier that day. Okay. Okay. Um, how often do you feel your feelings? And just kind of sit and kind of scan and say, how am I feeling right now? I think I feel them. I don't think I've been doing the best of job checking in and sitting in them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the reason I'm asking these questions is usually when someone is um, running on distractions, it's because they are running from something that happens whenever they are really quiet and really still. Mm -hmm. So um, if it is the reoccurring negative core beliefs or fears that um, there's something wrong with me or something's not going to work out or something bad is going to happen or I'm not good enough or I'm going to be abandoned or rejected. And we do all these things to fill up the space and time um, so that we don't have to feel that, which is also the bonus when we get into relationship because it feels like that relationship is the answer to that. And um, it may be harder for us to want to let it let it go. So let me let me answer the biggest part that you said you didn't know how to communicate. Um, what you would communicate is um, I don't know his name, Jeffrey. <laughs> I'm naming him Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey, I have loved spending time together, and you know we've talked about our relationship history, and I know we are spending a lot of time together, and I know for this to work, I have to be in a balanced place. And right now, I'm finding that it's really hard for me to find space and time for myself, and I don't want to become um, resentful, and I also don't want to be codependent, and I want to make sure that when we spend time together, that I'm I'm full and I'm refreshed, so that we can really enjoy each other. So we've been talking, um, you know, for hours every day, and again, I really love talking for hours every day, but I need to um, get my work stuff together. I need to get back in a routine and start to do some of my self care activities regularly, and build my hobbies up, um, so that. Again, when we come together, it's it's a really good time. How does that sound? It sounds great. It scares me internally, though, mm -hmm. for Tell some me. reason. Tell um, me. It's okay. Tell me. It's not that I don't think that... Um, he'll understand it's just I think because of my own um abandonment concerns it's um I guess it's the fear of losing something that you know I think is a good thing and I, I do understand and I do know that if it's meant and if it's right, he'll understand and respect um, all of that. But it's still like, as you were saying it, I can feel like the tension. Yeah. But I need you to hear what you just said, because what you just said was really important. If I'm with the right man whose priority is actually me, 
and not his selfish needs, whether or not it's attention or entertainment or me living out what he needs to be the solution for his trauma. If my man hears that for me to be happy, I need some more alone time, my man's going to be all about it. He's going to want me, that protection you're talking about. That's what's going to kick in. And yeah, he'll miss you, but it really will make your time together better. And then he's going to be like, well, baby, what else you need? You need an Amazon gift card for you to get some more books. You need some candles. Like he's going to pour into you doing you. Mm -hmm. Um, And if he doesn't, if he doesn't, that's part of the red flags you got to see, especially at the beginning. Because what happens when you spend so much time together, it accelerates and it gives this false sense of commitment with someone who actually hasn't put in the time, effort, and energy, but because you're spending so much time together in a concerted amount of time, or I don't know if that's the right word, but in a small amount of time, it makes it feel heavier than it is. When you don't know if this is... um, you know, I'm going to say the N word, narcissist, like you don't know if this is love bombing and narcissism, or you don't know if this is someone who's a chronic serial monogamer, and this is how he does relationships. And he goes really deep, really quickly. But when it comes down to sharing, making space, he doesn't know how to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not good, and let's, let's, let, here's the other thing. If you're not good, even if y'all were to make it, Once the honeymoon ends and once real life stuff starts to happen, if you don't have solid ground on how to come back to you and and, and deal with your emotions and learn how to be centered, it's only going to be a recipe of destruction for this relationship. So really, truly, in all ways, you finding you is a priority for you and for this partnership. Thoughts? I understand. Okay. You understand, but what are your what are your feelings about what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't need you to agree with um, me if something isn't fitting right. Yeah. No, it's fitting. Like I understand, I agree. Um mm-hmm. yeah, I receive it. I know. Okay. Since I'm talking about um concerns, I want to put some bugs in your ear because this is early. Um, and you're still getting to know each other. Y'all are talking a lot, but y'all still learning each other. Um, something that stands out to me is the multiple engagements. Um, and you know, life happens. People, you know, they find love multiple times. Um, it's possible, but there are some important details that you don't know. And my concern is that you don't know them or remember them. And like, I wonder if those are being glossed over. It's really important for you to know. How long was he with these women before he got engaged to them? Mm-hmm. It's really important to know the details exactly of what happened. According mm-hmm. to him, of course, you only have his side, but what he said, what she said, and what happened after that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to know how he handled getting back together or trying to reconcile. And also it's important to know what are the things that he did wrong. I am always... Um, wary of people who when they talk about their ex-relationships they come off smelling like roses and heroes mm-hmm. because it takes two to make the relationship crumble even in even in toxic relationships where someone is obviously toxic for the most part I've seen women because of course I coach women who are able to look at it and when they come back from it they're like um, he was out of line and I needed to learn how to do x y and z like if 
a, a healthy person takes it for their own personal development um, going forward. Mm -hmm. So the part that he did say about communication and him shutting down, I think it's wise for you to pay attention to that's also what happened with my ex-husband. And is could history repeat itself, but in a different package? There are multiple ways to be abandoned, which you kind of also hit on with, with, with your ex-relationship. Someone could be physically present and emotionally withdrawn. Someone could be physically present and will talk emotionally, but you have to do a lot of emotional labor to get there. Someone could be physically present and guilty for having independence. This homecoming situation with your daughter, um, I, my, my hackles kind of raised a little bit with that because I get, I get him wanting to be available to support you. But if he said it the way that you said, he said it where he's like, well, I just felt like you didn't really care about me. Like, I'm like, my thought is you are consumed with this whole day, taking care of your daughter, you know, doing all this stuff for her on that, on that day, how he feels it doesn't make sense for that to be something to come up. It's more like, oh, baby, like you've been stressed. I know homecoming is how he's a father himself, like him slyly making it a little bit about him. I don't think that was an appropriate time for that to come in. And and all these are just things to pay attention to. They're not, mm -hmm. they could be a red flag or they could be just something for you to note to see if this happens often. Mm -hmm. You having to caretake him by making yourself smaller or add him to the list. So let me pause. I've just said a whole lot. What are your thoughts about what I'm saying? Um, yes, I agree. Um, my thoughts are, I think those are valid points. I can revisit the relationship stuff. I, I just know we talked about it very early, so I don't, and okay. I do remember asking those questions, like what was your role? Because we, I remember us asking each other those questions. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, like you said, if I just glossed over or if I was like, that's sufficient or more come out later and just moved on. Mm -hmm. um, the homecoming situation, I, I yeah, I kind of felt the same way. Like I said, I think it was just a mix of things for me. Um, I think he did show that concern initially when we got home for the evening from our events, because I was, you know, he could tell that my energy was off and I just wasn't. And it, I wasn't really sure how to express it because I felt a lot of it probably was my tiredness. Like I was like, I'm mm -hmm. probably just tired. I'm probably mm -hmm. making a big deal out of things that aren't a big deal because I haven't had enough sleep. Um, mm -hmm. So probably because it's like a condensed version of like the day, I didn't necessarily feel that he made it about him. I felt that he felt shut out because I didn't tell him what was wrong when we got home that evening. Like, because I wasn't, okay. wasn't sure how to articulate or if I wanted to articulate it because I felt it was contributed to my, like, I just know, like, if I haven't had enough sleep, I'm gonna be a little more sensitive. I'm gonna be a little more emotional. Like things that probably mm -hmm. wouldn't normally get to me are gonna get to me. Like, um, and I think I just felt overwhelmed with the whole day. So I think that kind of stemmed from there and not necessarily like, hey, it was her homecoming. What about me? Um, okay. okay. But um, is yeah. he the type that needs to talk about things immediately when that happens? Mm, it seems like it. Okay. And what about you? Are you the type that needs a little bit of space? Um, 
I normally like to talk about it right away. If I do need to process, then I normally just try to say I need more time to process. Like I haven't had okay. time to finish processing it to talk about. Okay. Okay. Um, and he's been receptive of that the times mm -hmm. you've said it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I have more thoughts, but I know we're coming at time. So what, what is still top of mind for you about this situation? What haven't I hit on? I think you hit on everything. Um, yeah, just my concern of, I just know that I've lost my, like, I think that was part of the thing of like my own repair and healing coming out of my marriage was I had, I had felt like I lost myself. So that's, as I navigate dating and being in a relationship, that's been really like, I guess the height of my concern is like, I yeah. want to be able to do it well, but still be me. Um, so let's say, let's, let's do the question that I hate that people ask. I'm going to ask it here um, because I think it, I think it's um, applicable to what you just said. If you were, if you found that you would, not be in a long-term relationship or at least you wouldn't be in a long-term relationship for a minute what would you need to make your life truly happy not just that you're biding time but truly happy what what is missing that's currently not there so if I wasn't in a relationship and I wasn't going to be in one for a long time what would I need to make sure I was happy yeah, so if if God was like, hey, let me give you some inside knowledge, it's going to be, well, I hate saying this out loud, but it's going to be, let's say, let's do 10 years. <laughs> let's say for the next 10 years, <laughs> it's just going to be you and you. What would you do during that time? What would you need to have a full, robust life? Um, I would need to get my finances to where I want them or need them. I would need to travel. Okay. Um, I want to be physically fit or need to be physically fit to be happy. Um, and I would probably learn a language or two. I don't know. But yeah, travel is usually my go-to and family and girl time would probably be up there. When I ask you, just now, I'm about to ask you, when I ask you, how do you play? What is it that you do in your daily life to play? How would you answer me? I don't think I have anything. <laughs> when you hear me ask that question, what are your thoughts about that question? Is that a strange question or an interesting yeah, question? It's like, or... I don't even know, like, what are my options? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, those of us who had to spend our childhood growing up really fast or taking care of other people or being really resilient and independent, we never learned how to play. We never learned how to have pleasure. So when I think about play, I think about the five, six-year-old part of us, part of us. What was it that she needed to do or be able to do to find, to find joy? And a lot of times we don't know what that looks like because we didn't have that experience. So for example, um, she... Does she like to dance in the living room? Does she like to twirl in pretty dresses? Does she like to draw things? Does she like to make music? Does she like to sing? Does she like to just take chalk and draw on the walls or on the sidewalks? Like that creation, that imagination, that playfulness is a part of us that doesn't die. But when we don't have the opportunity to nurture it and to live into it, we don't, we don't know that it's missing. 
Mm-hmm. And so we grow up to be women who don't know how to rest and relax because we never knew how to play. We don't know the difference between numbing out and watching Netflix. And that's supposedly supposed to rejuvenate us versus something that actually um, brings forth life, like bursts something inside of us out. Right. And that's where the true like release and everything comes from because it feels like we're contributing and and art and music and dancing and whatever it is for you, crocheting, knitting, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um it brings forth life into the world and gives life back to you, right? And so when I heard you say for the next two years, I would want to go to Bali and be skinnier and, um, and um, you know, have savings and investments. I'm like, okay. And then what? Like you're on the island now. You're two sizes smaller and you got money in the bank. Now you're happy. Like I just was missing is the play. Mm-hmm. Was missing is the pleasure, mm-hmm. the laughter. Right. Mm -hmm. So bringing this all together, that is what you will, that's what I would encourage you to be doing. And so that's where you frame it, not how do I incorporate man into this, but what you want is you want to build a life to where the person you're with, the person you partner with matches that. Um, Because otherwise the, what you're afraid of happening, you kind of adjusting to be with whatever man you're with and losing yourself history is going to repeat itself. Mm-hmm. And so you need to figure out who, what is she like? What does she enjoy? And can this partner that I really like, does he fit into this world? And if he doesn't, if he doesn't go now, he would go later on or you would lose yourself. Mm-hmm. And trusting that I'm so awesome and amazing. I'm so awesome and amazing. That once I'm vibrating everything that I am and, and everything that I want to be, I'm only going to be able to attract and be attracted to the men who fit into that lifestyle. I'm selling right now. I'm in the house all the time. I'm going to start going places where I like to play and that's where they're going to be. Right. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Thoughts. Um, Yes. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Um, I get it. Um, And I can see how it's played out before. Um, before I met him, how it's played out with with men. And that's usually why I cut them off because I feel like I'm giving up too much of myself and they don't understand. So I definitely, it resonates. Okay. So that's your charge. Go and find yourself, pursue laughter. And hopefully this one fits into it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so that was our heart-to-heart coaching call. And so that's what I'm going to start calling these um, heart-to-heart consultations or coaching calls with me um, about any question that you will have around love addiction, love avoidance, love deprivation, healing, trauma, family, friendship, discord, building your self-esteem, building your self-love, anything that you've heard me talk about on this podcast episode, toxic relationships, no contact, um, letting your walls down, opening up, would love to support you with any specific question that you have. Though I am sharing this one on the podcast, uh, I chose the podcast, first of all, because it's the one that everybody listens to. (laughs) Everyone who's in my audience, for the most part, listens to the podcast. So I wanted everyone to experience it. But I am primarily going to be doing these streaming on YouTube. And so if you would like to join me on YouTube, uh, cameras will be on just to make sure I can see you, I can read your body language, I can support you with where you are. 
I'd love to have you. Uh, so if we, if, if listening to this, you are ready and we get enough signups, I'm only going to be doing a, a few a week. I'm not going to be doing it uh, very often just because of my capacity. Uh, but if, if we have some ladies who sign up for next week, then we will start doing these live calls next week. And so, uh, hopefully this helps those of you who've been wanting to have some one-on-one support and also helps those of you who may be in similar situations and, or have friends and family members who are in similar situations and help you learn and grow and move forward. So without further ado, to go ahead and sign up for those times, you can go to blackgirlsheal.org slash heart, and you will have the option of signing up for a time to meet with me uh, for these heart-to-heart consultations. And yes, they will be mid-afternoon so that my international ladies, what's up Netherlands, what's up UK, what's up Nigeria, what's up South Africa, what's up New Zealand, all my ladies uh, across the pond uh, will be able to join as well. And time won't be a barrier uh, for that. So hopefully we can get started soon. And if so, I look forward to the beginning of this new transitional period. And I look forward to sharing all the other things that I have coming uh, as I grow and evolve and expand the Black Girls Heal family and platform uh, for all of you. All right. That's it for today's episode. I'm sending you all love and I hope that you always, always, always believe in yourself and your growth and that you can have every good thing that you are desiring. As always, take care of yourselves and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.